Hello ladies and gentlemen this is Tamal from Radio Literoma I welcome you all in a brand new episode of Spotlight In today's episode I have the best selling author Dr Urvashi Tandon with me Dr Urvashi Tandon has served in the Indian Navy for 29 years She is a qualified doctor and also a recognized postgraduate teacher and examiner with Maharashtra University of Health Sciences She is also a trained vocalist in Hindustani music and above all she authored two best selling books named Potpourri Stories for Children and Anna a Special Child Hello ma'am thanks for taking time out and being with us a warm welcome to the show Two books both got great reviews but two very different concepts Can you tell us about the two titles and how are they different from each other Oh the two books are completely different. The first one was called Potpourri which means a collection or a mishmash of uh, little stories or a bouquet of stories. You know how what we call potpourri at home is the stuff that we use for um, decor and aroma. So it has a mix of a whole lot of dried flowers and fragrances and a lot of color. So similarly Potpourri is a collection of short stories which was actually aimed for children between the age of ages of 5 and 10 and basically was written in order to create more awareness towards the environment and a little bit of awareness about health as well I am a doctor after all So it's a collection of 10 stories and has a lot of illustrations in it The second book is Anna a special child which is about Anna of course who's a handicapped child now this kid is not born handicapped she meets with a tragedy in life and is then confined to a wheelchair and it basically deals with issues that this adolescent girl faces in school in terms of say bullying and uh, being judged and how she overcomes you know all these little hurdles and is accepted amongst her friends her teachers and how her entire family supports her so both these books are entirely different wow this is really interesting before we take the discussion further why don't you narrate a story for our readers also as we have a lot of young listeners across the world Please let us know the skin deep explanation of the story as well. I'll narrate Anna and Buzz the Bee for you. Little Anna sat in a lovely garden near her house feeling very sad and lonely. All her friends from second grade had left for their vacations and there was no one to play with. While she sat brooding A little fairy appeared and asked Anna why she was so gloomy. "I have no friends to play with," replied Anna. "Is that all?" asked the fairy. "Would you like some adventure?" she asked. Anna was thrilled. The fairy swung her magic wand and lo and behold, Anna was shrunk to a tiny size. She was as big as an ant as she saw nearby. She found the grass very tall and had to struggle to find her way about. 
Suddenly, she heard a loud noise and tried to find out where it was coming from. She found a big honey bee who was flitting about nearby and the noise was coming from his wings. The bee noticed this tiny girl and was amazed. Who are you? he asked Anna. I haven't seen you here before. I am Anna and I live nearby. I come to this park every day but I have never noticed you, she replied. What is your name? asked Anna. I am Buzz, said the bee. Would you like to be my friend? asked Anna. Buzz was delighted. No one had ever given him so much as a second thought before. He promptly agreed and offered to take Anna for a ride on his back. Anna was thrilled. She had never ridden a bee before. She climbed onto Buzz's back and off they went. Wee! Buzz flitted from one flower to the other, sipping nectar. And Anna was amazed at all the bright colours that she could now see magnified. Red, blue, yellow, purple, orange, pink and white. Every little detail like the veins on the leaves, the pollen on the stamen, etc. was noticeable and the fragrance from the roses and jasmines was very heady. She was awestruck at all the beauty around her. Buzz went about his business while Anna enjoyed the wind in her hair till Buzz decided to invite her to his home. Anna was having such a good time that she promptly agreed. Higher and higher they went towards the top of a tree. The leaves were very large and the ground seemed miles away. There was a deafening noise as they soared higher and Anna noticed several bees like Buzz making a lot of noise around a giant beehive. It was like a large palace with several chambers. Unlike on the outside, it was surprisingly quiet inside the beehive as every bee went about his business quietly. Anna was taken to meet the queen bee. She was this big majestic creature sitting on a velvet cushion and several other bees hovered around her attending to all her needs. She was surprised to see Anna but was very gracious and welcomed her to their home. Anna was treated to some homemade honey which was the tastiest honey that she had ever had. She had as much of it as she could until she felt her stomach would burst. Buzz even showed her how the honey was made. After having her fill, Anna realized she was sticky all over, having smeared the honey over herself. As the evening drew on, Anna grew tired and it was time to head back home. She thanked the queen bee and said goodbye to all the new friends that she had made. Then she climbed onto Buzz's back so he could take her back to where he had found her. Anna thanked Buzz for a fabulous day and they promised 
to meet at the same spot every day. When Buzz flew away, Anna was wondering how she would find her way home through the tall grass. Just then the fairy appeared. She was very pleased to see a tired but happy little girl in place of the sad girl she had seen earlier. Anna thanked her for helping her make new friends, noticing such beauty around her and for having the time of her life. The fairy once again waved her magic wand and poof! Anna grew back to her normal size and returned home hopping and skipping all the way. Now let's see what it is that we noticed and learnt from the story of Anna and Buzz the Bee. Anna was feeling sad and depressed. She was lonely. She had no friends to play with. And this mood of hers changed completely after she met her fairy god, that little fairy, who shrunk her in size. And she met Buzz, whom she had obviously must have seen him around earlier but had never noticed him because he was such a tiny creature and we are also scared of bees we run away. But the point is that when her size was shrunk and she could relate and talk and see this insect, she realized that the bee was not a frightening creature, he was actually very friendly. So. If we change our perspective and the way we look at things, we might notice something nice about what would otherwise be frightening or worrying for us. She also noticed that there was so much of vibrant color around her and that the flowers were so beautiful. They might be very tiny otherwise and she probably never looked at them when she went to play with her friends. But now she gave them attention and she realized they were so pretty, they were smelled so good and she noticed every little detail. She also made friends when she realized that all these bees worked together, they lived together, they worked pretty hard, they worked very hard and they lived for each other. They collectively made honey, they looked after the queen bee so they were sharing and caring with the community that was around them. And they were willing to share their honey with Anna. So she really had a very good time. So it's nice to care for someone. It is nice to share with someone. It is nice to appreciate all the good things that are around us. See, after her adventure, when she came back, She was worried, but she was a happy child. She was worried about how she would get home. So she was very relieved when the fairy appeared again and brought her back to her original size. But she knew when she went back home, hopping and skipping, she knew that she would come back the next day and she would say hello to Buzz again probably because this time she knew she had made a good friend. So we must you know, realize that we need not be sad. There's always something to cheer us up if we just change our way of thinking and looking at things. And we must appreciate all the beautiful things around us. There's so many that God has created. 
such a great start to the discussion today we love to know more about dr urvashi tandon the person why don't you say a few words about yourself you know that's one of the toughest things to do to talk about your own self but i'll give it a try uh i am a doctor which you already know i'm an anesthesiologist i'm a professor of the same subject and i have trained in pediatric anesthesia those are my so called academic accomplishments who am i as a person i like to believe that i'm still a child in a much older body so i still love a lot of color i love music i have trained in hindustani music from the gwalior gharana i also love reading and of course writing i find writing a very expressive means of communication i love nature per se and everything that's bright and colorful so i guess in the heart of hearts i never really did grow up i love being around people much younger than me i find them more lively i don't necessarily fit into the elderly bracket per se because i still feel i still forget my age i still feel very young at heart that's what i can tell you about myself the rest it's easier for others to describe their opinion about me it's hard for me to do it well you are truly a omen of substance with multifaceted talent with this context we like to hear another story from your book let me narrate isabel's day at the beach to you on a fine summer day isabel was in for a treat it was a long weekend and mr lawrence had a couple of days off from work Isabel and her brother Isaac too had a break from school and the Lawrences decided to make the most of this time. Isabel was a blue-eyed 7-year-old with charming freckles. She was also the older of the two children. Isaac was a 5-year-old lad with curly black hair and was very inquisitive by nature. He was always exploring and dismantling things. He could be quite a handful for his parents. The family decided to spend the weekend outdoors as the exercise would do them all some good and would keep the little ones out of trouble. There was a beach about an hour's drive from home and it was decided to spend the day there. The children found the idea delightful and exciting. With a picnic hamper and their swimsuits packed and beach gear collected, off they went in their little yellow car to the beach. As they approached their destination, the sound of the waves breaking onto the shore greeted them even before they caught sight of the brilliant blue sea. Isabel and Isaac could hardly wait to go splashing in the water. that was marked by flecks of foam on the crests of waves that broke in a swirl of puffy mass 
over the white sand. Out came the swimsuits and with a great deal of impatience, Isabel donned her bright orange one-piece swimsuit with matching floaters on her arms, while Isaac wore his navy blue briefs with the same coloured floaters and off they went dashing down the sand into the sea. The water felt refreshingly cool as the children bobbed up and down on the little breakers. They were soon joined by their parents and had a wonderful time swimming and playing ball. The little plastic ball would move away from them with the waves and it was quite a challenge to get hold of it. The adults were a big help in overcoming this problem. Although splashing in the water was a lot of fun, it was tiring too. After a while, the children scampered out and sat down on the wet sand. Isabel proposed that they build a sand castle and Isaac squealed with delight at the prospect. Out came the shovel and the bucket and the kids got down to business in earnest. Just as the castle was taking shape and the moat around it was nearing completion, a large wave broke out and the water washed away most of their little masterpiece. The kids were disappointed but heeded their father's advice to move further away from the shore. They renewed their efforts and soon built an even bigger structure that was beautiful to look at. After finishing the moat around the castle, Isabel asked Isaac to guard it while she picked up her little bucket and went hunting for stuff to decorate their labour of love with. She was surprised to see so many shells of various shapes, some shaped like a fan, others like conches and some like a cone. They came in various colours, grey, orange, brown, pink and some streaked with more than one colour. Some were smooth while others were ribbed. She even saw tiny crabs scurrying about on the sand which would tunnel their way in and bury themselves as soon as they approached. How fascinating! She added some seaweed and starfish skeletons to her prized collection and trudged back to where Isaac was waiting. Isabel offloaded her treasure with great flourish and brother and sister set about decorating their castle. A wine of seaweed was draped around the bottom of the castle and some of it was fashioned to form a flag atop the same. The various little pebbles were used to form a pathway across the moat while the rest of the shells and starfish decorated the walls of the castle. It made for a nice and colourful picture and they showed it with great pride to their parents who admired the pretty outcome as much as the happy faces of the children. Isabel recounted how she chased the crabs around and told them about the many wonderful sights she saw. Surprisingly, she had never noticed those on her earlier visits to the beach. Listening to her narrate with wonder and amazement, Mr. Lawrence asked her what she thought the shells she had collected were. She had no idea. It was then that she learned from her father that those shells 
had at some time housed living creatures. Creatures that were protected from the harsh environment of the sea and other bigger creatures with the help of the hard shell around them, much like a turtle or a snail. Her eyes opened wide when she realized how much more there was to a beach than just water and sand. There was a completely different ecosystem and it was fascinating to learn about it. The family ate their picnic lunch and lounged about on the beach towels watching the seagulls nearby. The sound of the waves lulled the kids to sleep and Isabel, as expected, dreamt of sea creatures. She dreamt that she was a mermaid who lived at the bottom of the sea and had all sorts of exciting adventures. There were remnants of a shipwreck and colourful corals on the seabed close to where she lived. As she swam around the bottom of the sea, singing in a high-pitched voice, she passed various fishes of different sizes and colours. She also saw several creatures living in colourful shells, just like the ones she had gathered. All too soon, she heard someone calling her name from a great distance. Isabel, Isabel. She began to swim towards the surface of the water and suddenly it was bright as day. She woke up to find her mother calling out to her as it was time to head back home. From here started a new journey in Isabel's life of more awareness of the little things around her and a desire to learn more about marine creatures. She vowed to find whatever books she could in her school library on the subject and read them so that she could educate herself as well as her friends. Oh wow! Potpourri seems to be a book full with inspirational stories. Would you like to know what was your inspiration behind writing such an inspirational book titled Potpourri? I used to write articles and blogs for a women's magazine called Ishi. And I realized that every time I wrote something on travelogues or articles based on spirituality, I had a fair number of readers. But if I touched the topic of uh, environment or for example, how plastic cups or coffee cups were damaging actually, uh, I realized that the number of readers dropped and this to my mind uh, came as a result of the kind of lifestyles we lead. We lead such a fast-paced life that it is easier to pick things off the shelf without really wondering or bothering to think of what the contents of a particular um, you know, item may be. How many chemicals are there in it? What is it exactly doing? How do we dispose it of? Nothing. We don't give a thought to how, um, you know, our, our habits affect nature per se. And it also meant that to people who lead this kind of a life are interested in articles like travelogues because it gives them ideas of places to visit as a break from the fast-paced, stressful life that they normally lead. 
nobody wants to read about the environment they are all aware people are educated they know so they don't want anyone telling them they don't have the time to revisit those issues because they have to get on with their lives so what was the solution to this problem that's when i thought that uh, it is best to start young best to start young at an age where children are amenable impressionable and open and maybe when they imbibe you know or become more aware of how things could damage the environment or what they could do to help improve it maybe they would be able to teach their parents so that is how potpourri actually came about now that we know the inspiration we would like to know more about your book potpourri from a content standpoint ma'am please tell us about the same potpourri being my first book is very close to my heart actually i always wanted to do a very colorful picture book for children because i remember well when i grew up or while growing up i used to be very fond of comics and the naughty uh, series of books so i always was fascinated with like i said color i wanted a lot of pictures and i also wanted the book to convey a message a message in a manner that was not uh, a lesson or a moral so to say but a message that would con- get conveyed in the form of a story and i find little children very amenable to and very open to change and to imbibing things we all know that young children learn from their parents and the teachers and the surroundings that they are in so i always wanted to have somewhere somehow convey something which would benefit them and society at large somehow to improve in whatever kind of a society we live in right now rather than complaining i thought we should start with children really young but make it interesting and colorful for them so that's how potpourri actually happened it's a collection of 10 short stories and with illustrations of course it can also be used as a bedtime story telling session for by of parents for children um they cover a variety of topics but by and large most of them have to do with nature and environment i have some which are very close to my heart like not have not caging birds you know um uh, people are very fond of pets and uh, they tend to keep say the commonest are parrots and lovebirds and stuff so there's a little bit about not having to cage animals there is stuff on how trees are important to us in the form of stories like building a tree house on a large tree you know on a holiday and missing the same trees when you come into the city so those kind of stories are there it's a collection even on uh, even dealing with issues like socio economic strata divide so yes the book is very very dear to me i'm sure all of us are now craving for yet another story from potpourri uh, so ma'am 
If you don't mind, please narrate another story for our listeners who are listening to the show from around the world. Let me tell you about Robert's memorable vacation. Robert was full of excitement as the summer break was approaching. That was when the entire family, comprising uncles, aunts and cousins, usually got together at his grandparents' house in the hills to have loads of fun. Robert was 8 years old with black hair and a warm heart. Like most boys his age, he loved adventure and games. He was in 3rd grade in school. His sister Maria, being 2 years older to him, was in 5th grade. The sense of adventure and excitement around the summer break increased when their father, Mr. Johnson, declared that they would drive to their grandparents' house about 400 kilometers away. They decided to leave early in the morning to reach their destination on the same day. Mrs. Johnson got to planning and packing clothes and necessary knickknacks while Mr. Johnson took the car to the garage to get it ready for the long drive. Finally the day arrived when the family of 4 set out at 6 a.m. They were carrying their favorite board games along with gifts for their cousins. The thought of playing with everyone had Robert singing merrily in the back of the car. It was 5:30 p.m. when the tired but happy foursome finally drove into the senior Johnson's driveway. It was a charming two-storied house with a blue picket fence and a lot of trees around. A small lawn out front was surrounded by colorful flowering shrubs. What a warm welcome they received. Old Mr. Johnson, who was 72, greeted them with a warm bear hug. And Mrs. Johnson senior, who was in her mid-60s, had a chocolate cake and warm milk ready for them as they entered the elderly couple's german shepherd maxim came running wagging his tail expressing delight on seeing who it was he jumped on them and started licking their faces after the initial excitement had ebbed a little the kids had a wash and an early supper before they retired for the night There was another exciting day ahead as their cousins were arriving the following morning. But first, they needed to catch up on their sleep. Robert woke up in the morning to the sounds of birds chirping. It was a strange feeling to experience the sounds of nature instead of the noisy city traffic. The young lad tiptoed to the veranda in his pajamas. to try and catch a glimpse of these birds he was fascinated with the antics of the squirrels prancing about he could have spent hours watching them but was distracted when he heard more people arrive at the house he ran downstairs to meet his cousins the three boys and two girls all between the age of 5 and 13 made a merry group there was a lot to talk about The adults had their own catching up to do while the children played amongst themselves. 
They played outdoors for most part of the day as they rarely got to see so much greenery in the cities. True that there were well manicured lawns and parks to play in in the city, but this was very different. The nights were magical too, with fireflies flitting about in the bushes and among trees like little sparkling fairy lights. Robert loved the place. The boys loved climbing trees and sitting on the higher branches. So the adults decided to build them a tree house on one of the larger and sturdier trees closer to the house. It would be safer and they could watch the children as well. A wooden platform was built and remnants of an old camping tent provided a cover over the platform. This was put in place on a large banyan tree with the help of a ladder. The children were thrilled. Out came the board games and their favorite books, which were promptly taken to the treehouse. Oh, the thrill of sitting atop a tree and looking down at the ground. With a regular supply of food and snacks, the cousins were the happiest. They received several visitors in the form of inquisitive squirrels and birds. However, they were lucky not to encounter any monkeys. As all good things come to an end, soon it was time for them to go back to their homes. Robert was not happy at the thought of leaving his grandparents whom he loved so much. Neither did he want to leave the lovely house nor his favorite perch on the banyan tree. He was quiet on the drive back home. It was rather unusual, so his parents asked him what was bothering him. He asked why he could not carry the treehouse with him back home. Mr. Johnson smiled and asked him where he would put it as there were no large trees near their house. They lived in a housing society full of buildings. As they approached the city, Robert realized that there truly was a scarcity of nature and vowed to plant trees wherever he could. He was moved by the fact that his township had fewer trees. Once the academic session restarted, he even motivated his friends to try and plant trees around the school and nearby areas. This pleased his teachers so much that they held a tree plantation drive in school. And of course, the star of the event was our good-hearted lad, Robert. I'm sure all the listeners are craving for more of this and they are wishing that this episode simply goes on. We too want to do that and so we'll be back pretty soon with another episode of Spotlight with Dr. Udvashi Tandon. So we'll speak more about the stories from Potpuri and also our other book and a special child. But for now, it's time to say goodbye. Signing off. This is Tamal from Radio Literoma.